For September 2nd, 2021, it's the Lullabot Podcast. It's the Lullabot Podcast, episode 254. I'm Matt Cleave, a senior developer at Lullabot. With me as always, co-host of the show, senior front-end developer, Mike Herschel. Hey, Mike. Hey, how are you doing, Matt? I'm doing great. We're going to get the band back together again. It looks like we took the summer off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but we have an awesome band today. We do. We got Lullabots, like strictly people who are employed by a Lullabot on the podcast talking about people. Yeah, we're talking about like different roles, hiring for different Drupal roles. For example, content strategist, developer, designer, all that type of cool stuff. First up from Dulles, Virginia, support project manager, Kathy Thays. Welcome, Kathy. Hello. Glad to be back on the podcast and talking about hiring. Yeah. Also joining us today from the scenic Monterey, California, coastal area, Lullabot's Director of Strategy, Greg Dunlap. Hi, Greg. Hey, hey. Also with us from scenic Barcelona, Spain, front-end developer, Christina Chumillas from Catalonia. Hey there. Thank you for remembering that. And one more person on the podcast to round us out. We have technical project manager joining us from Memphis, Tennessee, Albert Hughes. Hey, Albert. Hey, hey, hey. I appreciate y'all for having me on today. And and relatively speaking, within the group, you're kind of the new guy, right? Yeah, this is this is actually my first time on the podcast and the newest guy on the newest person on the call. Yeah. That's fun. Welcome. Woo-hoo! Glad you're right. here. Albert actually gets gets the pleasure of uh project managing for uh, me and Matt That's on true. our on our client work here. You should be uh, working on your tickets, Mike. I, I would like to apologize <laughs> for all the code that Matt writes. <laughs> that would be deserving, likely. Yeah. It's an honor. So just to be clear, and I think we'll say this off the top, Lullabot um, did just recently go through a round where we hired a good number of people. We hired some front-enders. We hired project manager. We've hired some folks in our content strategy department. Um, we're still in progress hiring a couple of those positions, but we're currently not accepting new applications. Just thought I'd point that out there. Um, jobs.lullabot.com um, is a good spot on our website to to look no, to see. No, no. Lullabot.com slash jobs. What the hell? Well, why is jobs there then? Well, we have jobs, but there's no like jobs subdomain off of lullabot.com. Go there. It totally works. Does it? Does it redirect? I don't know. It does. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, lullabot.com slash jobs would be a, a good place to go and look, and that would give us give you uh, more information about, you know, the the kinds of positions we're currently have open and, you know, would love for you to apply for. Um, so I'm going to guess that hiring for a Drupal job is different now than it was 15 years ago. That would be fair, but 10 years ago. Yeah, Absolutely. Was there was there even really a Drupal ecosystem to hire jobs for fifteen years ago? You know, I mean, I mean, there was, I, Lullabot is just fifteen years old as it stands right now. Yeah. So I mean, I don't, I don't yeah. think it really existed. Well, maybe fifteen, not, but uh, ten years ago, ten, that, yeah. uh, ten, we could ten say certainly. there was yes. yeah yes. a community, yes. and it was completely different from the one that we are right now. Yes, on, yeah. the, on a hiring perspective, at least. Yeah, I think like 
in the past, right? Like if you wanted a Drupal developer, you might be able to hire one. But I think one of the things that's changed now is we want to hire people to do the job and it, the job might have to do with Drupal. And one of the like things that we're trying to figure out right now is like, can we hire people with skills that they come with and then teach them Drupal? Or do we need to hire people that already know Drupal and, and, and expect them to already know things and not learn as much on the job? Good I don't question. know if that's changed over the last 10 years. What do you think? I think right now there's new, the, I feel like 10 years ago, there, there wasn't like content strategists, some of those jobs, it seems like that wasn't a Drupal type job. Like I, I think developer, front end developer, back end developer, that's project manager. Those roles seem like they've been around for a while, but it seemed like recently things more along the lines of content strategy, content, um, even some of the, I think, you know, you had designer, but I think getting even more into the UX, UI, getting getting that into titles, I think that's that seems like new-ish into the Drupal ecosystem of jobs. Uh, seem like that's been like, and I don't know if that's also following trend of overall web development and web jobs, period. And so uh, I think with the Drupal, the ecosystem, it's kind of, uh, it's interesting because you have, Drupal knowledge, and then you have these other jobs that apply into the web. So it's it's kind of um it's kind of an interesting mix to get into the Drupal uh, space for a Drupal job per se. So maybe like let's kind of go down the list of of uh, different titles that like Lullabot has. So Lullabot, you know, for those uh, listeners, we have what about sixty odd people working for our company right now. We're one of the we're one of the oldest Drupal development shops. We've been around for like fifteen ish years. So titles that I that I have written on my notes right here, like we have both back end and front end. Uh, developers, uh, project managers. We have architects. Um, I have on the list right here site builders, but we don't have anyone that's we haven't we don't have anyone that has a title of site builder. We have uh, several different designers. Uh, we have content strategy roles like content strategists, and uh, we just we're in the process of uh, finalizing some uh, hiring for a content designer. And uh, on top of that. Um, you know, we have things like called like lead engineers that that we have here too. So and technical architects, yeah, and uh, yeah, and architects and technical architects. So maybe and of course just, our admin roles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah HR and um, accounting and bookkeeping and invoicing and all of those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Like and like one of the ones that I was thinking of. Well, Mike was talking about those was like sales because I yeah. think sales oh. could also be like, do you know Drupal? Like if That's you don't question. know Drupal, do we need to teach it to you so that you can do sales of Drupal? Or if you yeah. already know Drupal, does that give you an advantage in being in sales? Like, exactly. I think a lot of this is like, you know, what, what kind of roles do you need to know something about Drupal for? And how are we expecting people to acquire those Drupal knowledge skills? Is it on the job or is it before they get hired? 
So what's the answer, Kathy? You bring up a really interesting, hard question early on. Um, Is it something that you can teach currently? Or is it something that you need to kind of have some skills before you fill the role? So there's two different perspectives that I'm coming to this conversation with. And one of them is, like, I work for Lullabot, and I was involved in hiring some people recently. Um, I'm also um, involved with a bunch of Drupal user groups where I interact on the regular with people who are trying to get Drupal jobs. And so I I think the answer to that question is, like, it depends on what perspective do you have. Do you already work at a company that is a Drupal company? And what do you want to do? Or are you trying to get into the market and trying to break in and become, you know, like get a, a, a Drupal job? And if you're on the outside, you would like to say, look, I come with all of these related skills. I know about web. I know about sales. I know about all these things. I'm just missing like some context about Drupal. Please hire me and I will learn about Drupal. Uh, Or you're inside the company and you're like, whoa, our margins are on profit are really small. We would love to hire people that come with all these skills, but how are we going to reconcile the, the training budget to teach them Drupal and balance that with all of our other budgets that we have for sales and professional development and benefits that we give our employees. And and so like, for me, it's like, who pays to teach people? Is it the company or is it the people coming in? Oh. Yeah, or a, com- or a combination, combination of both. You know, like, I mean, I mean, there's certain cases like there's certain cases where we expect maybe where we may expect developers or or whatever role to have a certain amount of Drupal knowledge, but maybe not quite everything that we would hope for as long as they maybe show knowledge and expertise in another place. Do you agree with that? I do. And I think it also depends on what type of a business you're in, too, because like we are a consulting agency. Right. And so our income is based on time build. And that makes, you know, us taking the time to train someone or take on an intern or whatever more difficult because it inevitably makes our budgets for projects higher, which makes us less competitive now for a different kind of business, the investment is different. So for instance, let's say, you know, in the Drupal sphere, there are several venture capital backed companies, mostly hosting that, you know, the whole point of taking venture capital is to invest in your business. And so from that and to spend money now to make money in the future. And so the, it's not the whole point, but it's one thing that you do with venture cash capital money. And so for them, investing in training and mentoring junior developers now isn't it is something that they can see payoff for later. And it's a very it's just a different model than it is for an agency or a consulting company. And most of the hiring that happens in the Drupal sphere is at agencies or consulting companies. And so I think that's yeah. one of the things that makes it difficult in Drupal 
and one of the reasons that we ha- end up with this problem of how do we manage junior developers is that is that whole fact that the agency, and I'm not going to say it's impossible, plenty of agencies, I know that Palantir has an internship program, for instance, and I'm sure that others, especially at scale, make it work better. But, you know, at a certain size, especially agencies, it make the the, the money model makes it more difficult for sure. Yeah, I think with, with Drupal, it, it, it's interesting, uh, especially like you said, at a company like Lullabot or a company that is, we're selling Drupal services, it's harder to bring somebody in and say they don't know anything about Drupal, let's teach them, especially with Drupal being open source and there being opportunities to learn. You you almost need to have someone who wants to learn Drupal or wants to be involved with Drupal um, to come to an agency. I see. I think there's other opportunities where it's easier to bring somebody in and kind of let them learn Drupal on the job. My previous job, like uh, I've had worked at other companies where we like the, it was a company that had Drupal as their website, right? Um, whether that's in the NBA teams use uh, Drupal websites, whether that's uh, at other companies. But I think those are opportunities where a person can come in not knowing anything about Drupal, get involved in a project, learn the website at that company, get some Drupal skills, and then kind of move up the ranks to yeah. bigger companies. It feels it feels like either very small shops who may dibble and dabble in Drupal, um, somebody who end up working at a university, somebody who worked at a company that happened to have a Drupal site that they learned is almost like what fuels a pipeline to then get people up to a bigger Drupal agency versus the yeah. agencies uh, being the yeah. cultivator of the pipeline. Yeah, yeah and, and it's good that you say that because I have the the, the feeling that uh, right now the Drupal projects in general are, are way bigger and uh, the project, Drupal as a project, is way bigger and, and more complex, complex than it was before. And we had like a, a bigger amount of uh, freelancers that they knew about Drupal, but they maybe also knew about corporates. And it doesn't happen anymore because if you specialize in Drupal, you need like a different kind of projects where you end up. So we don't have this bigger um, base of, of freelancers that, that can jump in and have, and, and have this basic knowledge that they, then it can explode the more they work on that. So I think that's a big change also over the time. So when we're talking, at least for developers here, what makes a, a back-end Drupal developer a Drupal developer? Do they need to know Symfony? Do they need to know the Drupal APIs? Like, Or is it is someone that maybe comes in and they know things like Python? Are they able to, to switch over? So I think that's tricky. So if we're talking about a backend developer, I think you have a lot more of a Drupal requirements, especially from a perspective of someone like Lullabot hiring a, a Drupal backend developer. I think they need Drupal experience. So what does that mean? I think it means you kind of understand what's going on within Drupal. I think you can write custom code for Drupal. You have a, a clear understanding of the the, the bits at work um, behind un, under the hood, I guess, would be the the metaphor that always gets used, um, like how how stuff is happening under, you know, within Drupal core and kind of the contrib space and, and what's going on there. I think it's a little 
easier this day to bring in somebody who is a PHP expert, but maybe not necessarily a Drupal expert because of some of the standardization that's happened within, you know, the way that Drupal core is written. I think it's still a hard ask um, because there's still a lot of Drupalisms that are like, oh yeah, well, that's the way that works because that's the way that worked 10 years ago. Um, I think experience, Mike, is is the key. Um, I'm going to guess that it's different from the perspective of hiring a front-end developer, though. Yeah, so front-end developer, um, and I'll shoot this over to Christina. Like, if, if I'm hiring a front-end developer to work on a Drupal theme, what am I look? Can I just hire someone that's familiar with WordPress, or do they need to maybe know a little bit of Drupal? Yeah, or yeah, like, what would a person need to know? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. And actually, uh, while I was on, on on my last company, and and even right now, I'm and uh, when when Matt was saying was saying that it was like, okay, I have no idea what is required for for backend, but. Absolutely, for Drupal, for frontend, you actually need uh, uh, um, Drupal frontend knowledge. You have, you need to know uh, all the thing, um, the frontend uh, sphere. You need to know what it's a preprocess. You need to know tweak. You need to know uh, ob uh, obviously PHP. You need to know how this connection between um, the template system uh, works and. Also, if you want to add in there a pattern library, it's an, another um, layer over there. And of course, you need to know JavaScript and CSS and everything. But you can't hire, uh, I mean, you could uh, obviously hire a general um, front-end developer. But if you just throw someone, a uh, front-end developer, into a Drupal project, they will say, like, OK, where do, we, where do we, uh, I start? OK, the themes are here but that's okay that's that's all i mean I wonder, if you really know. i've been on teams before where there have been front enders who are working strictly within their pattern library and don't know much about that's drupal true. as long as there's somebody there to bridge that gap i think they can be very exactly. successful that's yeah, true I, I would also like to add that you know um like little about several years ago, we hired uh, Hunter McDermott, who came in, which just like a whole bunch of kind of like modern yeah. JavaScript ecosystem. And he was successful, but he was also successful because he was on a team that had traditional Drupal front-end developers that when he had a question, he knew who to ask the question to, et cetera. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's yeah. see. I mean, I'm kind of curious. He can I'm be successful, but somebody has to know Drupal still. Uh. I mean, I'm kind of curious because I've been, I, I was, uh, having lived through the Drupal 8 cycle as a core developer, I know that one of the big sales points of bringing in technologies like Symphony and Twig was that it would make it easier to hire and bring people into Drupal. So I yeah. put it to you. You know, let's say that you had a developer come in who is not just a PHP developer. Let's make it easier, a Symphony developer or somebody who is a front ender who had worked with Symphony and Twig before, but never with Drupal. Would you hire that person or not? All things, all things being equal. What I mean, who else is what other resumes do I have in my inbox would be question number one. And and right. I mean, I mean, let's say, who's let's on your say, team? No, 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 come not, on. Not, I mean, not I mean, would, would you hire would, that person? Would you consider this person, right? What, right. Would, what you, would that person need 
No, no, a person no, no. like that. I mean, what would they need to be successful in a Drupal job? Like that. I, think that I'm, I, I won't even go that far. I will say if this resume landed in your pile, would you mark them as not qualified? Well, it depends uh, on what the budget is in terms no, no, of no. training let's, the let's, people. No, let's say let's say that all of the all of the resumes that came in are, you know, there are a variety of skill sets, but they're all asking for the same money. You know, let's just like put everything on an even playing field. Would you even consider someone who was a symphony developer who had never done any? I have a clarification question. Are they on a large enough team that they could ask Drupal specific knowledge to? We can't or guarantee they- that because we don't necessarily know what team people are going to go on when we hire them. Yeah, sometimes. Okay. I mean, sometimes people get hired sometimes for a project. Sometimes we do, but not works. always. Um, okay, okay. But, so, but I so see in what this Mike case, is saying. they well, might is... be the sole developer, is what you're saying. It's possible. Okay. So I would say right now, if they're the sole developer and have never worked with Drupal before, they should not be hired for a Drupal project. If they can come in and they can have a, a mentor, someone like Matt Cleave, God forbid, yeah, or no Christina, like have the or Kathy or Greg or Albert, um, hopefully not me, help them out. I think that they could be very successful. But I mean, I, so so that is a gain from before because I think we can all agree that back in the Drupal Seven and before days, hiring somebody who was just a PHP developer and to do a to do Drupal was much was a much bigger ask back in those days. Like I would actually have rather had somebody who had never written PHP, but who had been a coder and bring them into a Drupal job than somebody who had written PHP before, because I, I used to see that the PHP developers came in with a lot of like preconceived notions about how PHP apps should work. And they hate Drupal mm-hmm. because it didn't work that way. Oh. But I mean, I would say I would, I think it sounds to me like you're saying things have at least gotten better from that standpoint. I'm well, shrugging. I think one of the things about um, a symphony developer is that what I might be able to assume that they come to a Drupal job with is things like object-oriented programming. Do you use an IDE? Like, are you familiar with composer dependencies? Like PSR, those kinds of things. You probably know Twig. You are know- helpful, yeah. but it's not sufficient to do Drupal work without being trained in the Drupal specific knowledge that they would need. And so if like, if the, you know, like if we knew they were going on a team with an experienced Drupaler, right. Or if we knew we could put them on a, on a, on a project internally to learn Drupal first for a month and then deploy them out to a not internal project. I think the the key for me is what overhead does the company need to have in their budget available to support people who need some training in order to be effective in their job? I mean, I would argue if if they they can get mentored on the job, like if you're a Symfony developer coming into a team that has a couple other backend developers who are familiar with like standard Drupal site building and best practices and things like that, at that point, I would say that they can be getting their billable hours immediately. And at that point, the customer is 
you know, they're learning how to do views on the job and then the, you know, creating content types and creating views on the job. And that's fine because at that point you have other developers reviewing their pull requests and, you know, providing that mentorship. Yeah. So where does the money come for the mentorship? Well, would you say that if they had two to four weeks not on a project to sort of dig into Drupal and figure things out and go through Drupalize Me about module development and all of that sort of thing, that they would be able to hit the ground running on a project? Better than say. nothing. That's hard. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, I agree with Kathy. It's better than nothing. But I can tell you that if it, that were, I were, I were in those shoes, I, I'm not sure I would be successful with that. Okay. Um, just because I, I know that I would not learn very well that way. Um, yeah. And, and, and to come back to your question, Kathy, like, where does that money come from for the mentorship? I mean, that's, that's come, that comes from the client, you know, yeah. those are part of billable hours and in a normal client and a normal project, developers are learning things. You know, I might be learning about some new JavaScript yeah. method or a new library, you know, yeah. I like I'm on the project that Matt Albert and I are on, I had to do a bunch of research into some accessible carousel type stuff. And those are billable hours. I'm with that as far as you you have to find that balance. Like you said, every day we everybody's learning every day. So maybe within that billable, like you said, if you can if he's doing site building work, if a person is creating basic content types, you're learning and you're providing value to the client at the same time. So it's it's actually looking, I think, trying to find those win-win moments. Um, and it may have to be more intentional if you're trying to bring somebody onto a Drupal project who may not have the Drupal experience. Uh, it might be on the company to find that that sweet balance where it's, it's a win-win on both sides uh, to kind of bring them up to speed, but also provide uh, value at the same time. But yeah, I still, it's such I, a good point that even people who have Drupal experience, when given a task on the job, uh, they also need to do some learning. And we, mm -hmm. I think on the balance, I think Mike is right. We expect those people to be able to build that learning time. Yeah. Yeah, but that leaves us with the questions, uh, the question about what about juniors? How that in mm. how is that involved in a company that is actually going to bill hours anyway, but probably wants to start training some juniors, the money is going to come. Not, I mean, obviously it's going to come from the client, but it's going to be a part of the budget that the company has to um, account for or take into account on a separate way, probably, I guess, if you want to start training juniors uh, on purpose. Yeah, that's a really, really good point, Christina. We're, we're talking about hiring people on the Lullabot podcast. And coming up right after this, we're going to get into junior developers and how we might be able to bring them in or not. I mean, it could be an issue right after this. Welcome back. Uh, we're talking hiring in different roles uh, on the Lullabot podcast. Hey, early on, Mike, you were you were going through the list of titles we have at Lullabot, and I heard yeah. something, and my ADD brain wanted to be distracted and say something about it, but I, I waited until now. Aren't you proud of me? Um, you, uh, you said something about at our company, and I was really happy to hear that. 
Yeah, That's yeah. Lullaby is a uh, what's called an ESOP, which is yeah. an employee-owned uh, stock option or something like yeah, that. Yeah, hundred percent employee ownership is yeah, is yeah, kind of the key yeah. there. So we're yeah, it is our company. Here. So we're talking from yeah. a passionate ownership <laughs> yeah. position, right? Yeah, it's it's super yeah. fun. So Christina, I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off before the break, but we were jumping into the the thought of adding junior developers, and that's a question that has kind of been. At Lullabot for a long time because it's like people are hiring Lullabot because they are the Drupal experts. But how do we integrate juniors and make them become seniors and you know do that? And it's exactly. it's kind of a, a challenge that's been going on for a long time. Yeah, I think it's it's a challenge for a lot of companies, especially the uh, nowadays that there are more um, remote uh, companies and. I think on a junior perspective, hiring people, it's also super important um, because if you want more diversity um, on your on the hiring process, um, sometimes not setting the, the level as high uh, can help others uh, getting and and you can actually go to other um, communities or other places where there is people that actually could start, but they might they maybe haven't had enough time, free time to, to learn Drupal or all these kind of things. So I guess um, also always having hiring uh, juniors is a really important part for a lot of companies. And yeah, it's complicated, but it, Drupal is especially a complicated thing. Yeah, this might this might be really Drupal, like Drupalish, but I was looking on the notes, right? And there was one role of site builder that we don't actually hire. Or I, I've I've never really seen a, a role posted for site builder. But in the Drupal community, we know that there are functions and there's a skill set of being a site builder. Um, so just just out of what came to mind is like maybe the junior developer role in the Drupal community could be more like the site builder role where you may not need to, you can learn about Drupal, you can still provide something to the client, but you don't necessarily need to have a high level of Drupal development experience, uh, but it could get you working with Drupal level developers. So um, maybe that's a thought of a solution is, maybe there is a need for a site builder role to get the pipeline for people into Drupal to then become developers. Uh, that's just a thought that came to mind. No, I, I really I like that, I Albert. That. And I, I agree with you. That's something that I would like to see try and happen. Um, I, I when, when this topic comes up, I end up the saying, you know, I'm on a lot of projects that are of a pretty good size and there's a few developers all working at the same time. And there's an early point in the project where you're building views and content types and stuff that, any Drupal site builder can do because it's, you know, the basic gardening stuff. Like we're, we're setting up our website and we're making it work. We're not doing anything in depth. And I think a, a junior person could have a lot to gain from there. And I think we could then focus other things earlier, <laughs> you know, and get some of the harder stuff knocked out as well. 
I, I think it's it's a role that could work, but then it turns into a scheduling issue. It's like, okay, well, what do they do after the first six weeks or three yeah. weeks of the project? Yeah. Do they hop on to the next one and start making? And then how do we continue to train that you person up them, yeah. to, to grow them as well, something more or, or not? I don't I don't know. Actually, I think it's a, it's a role that could be actually uh, kind of um, work together with some experience on UX because actually the person that is doing all this, all this site building is probably working on and creating the, the forms where the content authors are going to spend eight hours per day uh, working on. And uh, something that I recently uh, discussed uh, with, with a few people is that Actually, backenders are creating forms, and most of the time, backenders don't have UX uh, experience, so yes. they create forms. Oh my as, gosh! Yeah, and they, the forms are created whatever they think they are the best. And uh, let's uh, say an, an yeah. example: let's put meta tags on the sidebar and try to open a meta tag um, details, and it just adds a huge scroll on your form. So these kind of small things that are built in uh, the, the, uh, the admin UI, someone on this uh, with this experience could also improve forms on the, uh, on the, on the forms while on the admin administration. So yeah, backenders make forms. For example, views one, <laughs> Drupal five. <laughs> or views too, Drupal six. Nah. <laughs> no. um, yeah. So uh, maybe like let's maybe talk about some different role. Well, and, and to be clear, before... I, I love views one. Sorry. Yeah, it was my favorite. Well, so uh, out of boy, that's a podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to jump into um, uh, more site building stuff, Christina, I'm curious. In your traditional front end role, how much how much site building, configuring of views, content types, etc., do you normally do? Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, before uh, starting a little about, uh, for us doing uh, the company I worked on, uh, it was a front end uh, responsibility to create all the forms. It was us that created the, the, all the all the site building, and the backenders were focused on other things. And when I joined Lulabot, I was like, "Oh, but all the um, content types and everything is already built. Cool, perfect. I don't have to do that anymore." But I was used to do that, so I guess it depends a lot on the strategy the company is following. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I can tell you, like, from my point of view, it's a very common task for me to go in and reconfigure some views to get the markup or, like, you know, maybe change it to use a specific view mode and and or go into, like, a content type and, and change, I don't know, a field formatter or something like that. Yeah, but for example, on a on a uh, on the view modes, for example, on a front end perspective, if you are creating like twenty view modes, and we could actually reuse the same view mode and use the same reuse the same template uh, that points to the same pattern uh, component, sometimes we could just reuse a lot of stuff. So, and obviously, on a back end perspective, there there are a lot of a lot of other advantages, of course, but. There are always like two sides on the same coin. I think Christina's on something here where um, 
whoever does the site building task, be them somebody who's, you know, learning Drupal and being a site builder or a front ender or a back ender, there are some lessons learned that happen with experience. So if you're a front ender and you've received a site that has, you know, been built in a certain way and you see that that impacts the future front end work and makes that a lot more difficult and expensive, then as a front ender, you're going to incorporate that experience when you build future sites. And similarly, as a back ender, if you have received a site that has made some of your back end tasks very expensive because of some choices that were made during the site building, you're going to take that into account when you're doing future site building. And so what about the poor, poor person <laughs> who like hasn't had those, you know, uh, lessons learned, how are they going to know? Well, when you build a thing like this, you're making a choice and these are the impact of your choices. And I think the, the way for a, front like for a person who is a site builder or somebody who's coming in as a junior and starting out with site building tasks i think the key okay now i'm going to express an opinion in my head i think they are more successful when their work is reviewed by somebody else so they can say oh i see what you did here when you built this form the problem with that is that later a month from now we this is this is the bad thing that's going to happen. And so because of that, we need to build this differently. Like the, the feedback loop for checking your work as a site builder is months long, years long. There's no automated test that's going to tell you you built something in a way that's going to cause you problems in the future. Oh. So that's, that's a really good point. And actually, how do you know that? Sometimes it's before building it. I remember one of the projects that I uh, actually uh, really learned a lot and I actually like the process is uh, one that we actually were with, with Greg and there was a lot of planning on content types, on fields, reusing fields. And that's something that can be implemented also on build modes uh, because uh, later on we actually started planning build modes that were going to be reused and which fields were uh, seen on each content type and that um, kind of mapped into the into the pattern library. And if you invest some time first planning together with the person that is going actually to build that because that's going to be useful for that for that person because that person is going to get that knowledge. I guess that planning is investment time that it's going to solve future problems and put all the knowledge together, all the team knowledge at the same point. I, I'm actually thinking on huge spreadsheets, pointing um, view mode, responsive image sizes and, and this kind of things. It's a lot that goes into it. Uh, maybe let's, let's talk a little bit about maybe career progression. Um, I've known uh, several developers at Lullabot who have gone into project manager roles. And then, of course, we hire project managers directly, too. When we have project managers, we call them technical project managers. But like the question is, what makes them technical? Albert, are you technical? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I would say, um, 
Yeah, that's very interesting. Technical project manager. I think that's if that sounds almost like Drupal project manager is really what it's trying to say. A, a project manager who has who knows enough about Drupal to understand what's going on. Um, maybe that is why it's called a technical project manager. I'm just I'm just wondering. I know my 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 background. Um, I learned about Drupal. I would say really heavy in the site building. I don't know if I, I, I think I've had some freelance or had roles that had developer in it, but I don't know how, how backend developer I really give myself credit for. Uh, but I know about Drupal. Like I, I could I could build it. I know content types. I know views. I know menus, blocks. I know Drupal. And so I think that's what gives me the technical part of project manager. If, if I had to just kind of sum it up with my thought thoughts were is I I think if I didn't know about Drupal um yeah I, I would just be a project manager <laughs> do you think um having that view having that background and like site building such as like content types and views do you think that that informs your decisions and how you how you approach your job I think so I would say yeah. I would say it, it gives you it definitely gives you an insight of what's going on and what needs to be built how it needs to be structured uh like think that I think it helps. I think if if I didn't know anything about Drupal, it'd be a little bit more difficult to jump into a Drupal project and try to create tickets or just try to discuss the project and know what's going on. I have to understand like, okay, these this, I see what this is. This needs to be a content type. I can look at a design and say, well, these are going to be content types. This is going to be a view. This is going to be that. Uh, if I didn't know that, I think it, it may be a little bit more difficult. I agree. So that. what would you do? Like, let's say that we, you know, we had a project manager position open and, uh, and it was on a big team. We like, it was for a particular SOW that was coming up, like some project we were planning for and hiring for intentionally. So it was on a big team. They were going to be surrounded by other lullabots that know Drupal. Like, what do you think a project manager what, what, what would we have to do to support them? Could we hire a project manager and what should we do to help them be successful managing a Drupal project? Uh, one of my things I, I think you, and this is me if I was hiring for a Drupal project and a, a project manager who may, when I looked at their resume, they didn't have necessary Drupal experience. What would right. get me to hire them, I think, is during that interview process, they've shown to me that they've went out there and got some of the knowledge that's available around Drupal, right? Like to me, I, I know that's kind of a hard ask, but it's, but it's, there is basic Drupal knowledge. There is a want to, to learn Drupal that I think if they hadn't done that during, if they knew that, hey, we're hiring for a Drupal project manager and you're applying for the job and then do, through the process, you're like, I still don't know anything about Drupal. I'm going to I'm going to look at that like it's it, there's a lot of opportunity for that person to at least get up to speed to learn about Drupal prehand. And then at that particular point, I think there is opportunities to during an onboarding process or doing like a they've kind of shown that they are willing to learn more about Drupal. I think there is a there may be an opportunity to go to Drupalize.me, learn some of the basic structure of of a Drupal site at least to get uh, get familiar with those concepts. I, I just think if, if you, if a person hasn't done that to that point, uh, 
I don't know if they will uh, just and then I may be off base, but I just feel like mm. if you're if you're going for a Drupal project manager job and throughout the process, you just was like, I'm not going to learn anything about Drupal. <laughs> if you get hired, yeah. I don't know if you're going to either. So, so I don't know. So Albert, it sounds like you feel there's a there's a baseline of knowledge that's required. To- I think there is there's there's a baseline of knowledge required, or at least wanting to understand. Like, and, and I think it's a the baseline is is this is still open source. This is still a community. I think there is a very low barrier of entry to baseline knowledge, so that if you have not crossed that barrier. That that may be the one thing, at least jumping into the water, right, is is maybe what I'm thinking. If we could shift over then, Greg, do you feel that there's the same when you're hiring in the strategy world? I, I don't really. I mean, we're hiring right now for someone, and we had several people come in with Drupal experience, but missing other things that I wanted more. And I passed on all of them. None of my final candidates have any Drupal experience. There is one person who has some technical experience, for instance, some general CMS experience and some um, at least, you know, the kind of experience that says, I understand how web pages are built and what the implications of building web pages are and that sort of thing. And I personally find that kind of experience equally valuable in my job as actual Drupal experience, because, you know, if a person understands, you know, how a CMS works and how a CMS generates pages, that's most of what they need for my part of the job. Like, you know, I can teach them about the Drupal specifics of content types and the Drupal specifics of fields and, you know, what views are and all of that sort of thing. And, and it's pretty straightforward and these people will never do any coding in their lives. Um, And so I, I, for me, that background just, it's just not as important. Mm, So it sounds like you find CMS experience though still still a key component yeah because i mean one of the things that that is really key a key differentiator i see in people who have worked with cmss and people who haven't is that the people who haven't worked with cmss tend to have a much more page centric view of a website whereas the people who have worked with cmss have much more of a type centric view of a website and how they can build around types rather than building individual pages and that is really a key conceptual difference in how people build websites and so once we get over that hump then for me the drupal stuff for the kind of work that i'm doing is a pretty easy ask yeah Yeah. Yeah. i think it would be similar then for sales like a CMS experience would be, uh, you know, really helpful, but maybe Drupal specific is not quite as key. I would say it's different for sales personally, because I think sales is about understanding a client's problems and how we can address those problems. And so it doesn't, I don't think a salesperson they may have to know something about Drupal in as much as they know about the marketplace for Drupal and what clients do and don't like about Drupal and what we specifically can bring to the table to address those problems. But I think that is, again, more of a general understanding the issues of large-scale technology, right? Understanding the issues of large-scale websites as much as a Drupal thing. And I, you know, I, let me see here. So, 
it's well, it's product knowledge. It's not knowledge yeah, of exactly, the pro- like. It's exactly. not it's not intimate knowledge of the product. You're not expecting right. a salesperson to build a view, but you you maybe should have some basic understanding that views exists, and it's right. an integral part think- of Drupal. I think it's much more important for a salesperson at Lullabot, especially to understand what we uniquely bring to the marketplace and what we uniquely bring to solve customer problems as a company, much more than any of the individual tech technologies that we work in. Before before we jump away from con- uh, content strategy, though, uh, Greg, there, you have a couple different roles in your department. You know, there's content strategist, and then there's there's a new role that you're hiring for called content designer. Can you talk about what the differences are? Yeah, I mean, um, to some extent, that reflects a change in the industry as far as what people are calling themselves, as much as it represents a change in actual job function. Um, I think people will say that content designer and content strategist are different roles in general. Content designer is kind of an evolution of a role that that was traditionally called UX writer. It's somebody who brings a much more writerly and editorial experience to the table than a content strategist who tends to be bigger picture. And that's some that's a that's a skill that we have found is lacking in our group. So it's one of the reasons that I decided to call it content designer. And it also reflects, again, trends in the industry as far as what titles are and things like that. But functionally, I don't think that internally at Lullabot, there will be a very significant difference in those two roles. And we've actually had discussions about whether or not the new hire will actually be called content designer or not anyways. And we've had those discussions with the potential hires too. So it's not like we're dropping bombs on them or anything, but. (laughs) <laughs> we're going to hire you as a content designer, but you're going to be a back-end developer. Good luck. Yeah, surprise. <laughs> I will say that one other role, though, that we have in our group is the UX strategist role, which is which is fairly different. Um, and that is much more, um, it's kind of a bridge between content strategy and design in that it's focused, it's very much focused on end user experience. And so there's a lot of, issues around designing interfaces, around user testing. Like Marissa, our our UX uh, strategist is very, very well versed in UX testing and how to get answers out of users through testing and data collection and stuff like that. So that is a role that we have that is different than the content strategist. But on the other hand, I'd say that that role doesn't require, requires probably even less intimate Drupal knowledge than the other one does, except in as much as she and our designers want to design things that can actually be built in Drupal, which is an important thing to keep in mind. But once you get over that hurdle, I would say that not, you know, doing actual Drupal work or understanding Drupal under the hood and that sort of thing is probably not as important. Yeah, just probably just uh, pointing out that probably the key that he that Greg said about building, uh, not building website, uh, webs like pages. I mean, uh, it's a key concept that I would say any designer or strategist should have in mind because that's a really important thing in Drupal. I have a a question um, talking more about career progression here is what is the differentiator to make someone senior? Like, for example, my my title is senior front-end developer. What what makes me a senior front-end developer? What makes Matt a back-end developer? What makes like we do the same job, but 
Where, where's that difference? You're saying the difference between a, uh, you were a front-end developer and you became a senior developer and there was a line drawn yeah. somewhere? Yeah. Titles, basically. I would say experience. I mean, I don't know how to draw that line other than the person was, probably is able to do more types of things without stronger guidance. I don't know. I'm making things yeah. up now. I was thinking uh, mentorship. So the too. answer, the answer to this question is on the VPN. <laughs> oh, so I have to, v- I have to go look at the Lullabot handbook to figure that out or. Yeah. Okay. So I don't want to, I don't want to switch to the VPN while I'm on a podcast, <laughs> but one of the things that, so Lullabot has like 50, 60 people employed, right? Total. That's everybody. All of our project managers, all of our admin team, right? Everybody. And so that's not really a big number. Like it's kind of a big number, but kind of not. Um, and But we're at the point where we need to be able to explain to people, like what is the difference between a senior or a not senior or an architect and a not architect or a lead and a not lead and and we are just starting to put those differences into documentation. Um, and so I, I think we have, I don't know, like f- four, a few, a few rules, uh, like uh, with a document that says this is this is what this role is. Um, and, and I think that that question is still in front of Lullabot. Like we are still trying to clarify that, but we're firmly actively involved in trying to figure out what that is. Like this year, next year, that's 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 a real active place that we're we're documenting. Yeah, something that I think it's it's actually uh, changing a little bit over over the time is that uh, we came from a place where uh, we had front-end and back-end developers. We, did, we didn't have that many roles in between. There's also now the full stack. There's also the now a role between design and front-end. There's, there are a lot of roles that are emerging, uh, not on Drupal, just Drupal, but in general on the web industry. As Greg said, uh, things are evolving and titles are evolving also together with that, like um, a new roles are being created the bigger the, 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 the industry is becoming. So more specific roles. So not always is a path to the top, like becoming a senior, maybe it's becoming, getting more specialized on something in between. Yeah, like for example, DevOps. Like that's a thing that is like, like in terms of the web evolving, right? That is a role that that we might hire for. So now on a different path, a couple of years ago, we hired a bookkeeper. Did they need Drupal experience? Only if we ended up doing what we always do, which is building our bookkeeping system in Drupal. <laughs> yeah, <and> help them. <laughs> question. And, and thank, Are we going to make them use Drupal? <laughs> thank God we didn't. So the answer is no. No. Yeah. <laughs> Matt has a good point. Because I think 
you know, when we're when we're thinking about uh, the roles that a technology company that does Drupal is hiring for, quite often Drupal is useful <laughs> to do the thing, but there are positions where you don't need to do that. Um, and and I think there are people who want to like get into technology who mm, should know that. They, they need to know that you can have a job in technology, that there are some places where you don't need to have specialized knowledge, but you can still like get in on it. Like, yeah, I, come on. I think that's a big point. I think that's a good point is where, uh, especially I think, uh, and I've seen this in a lot of diverse, in a lot of trying, d- diversity initiatives in technology, I always hear coding or like coding book boot camps, blacks in code, girls who code. Um, and I think what we really need to like, what I think really should open up is more of like getting people into technology, modern technology jobs and the modern technology industries. And I think there's a lot of focus on coding and not a lot of focus on the different jobs that you can get within technology companies like that is the modern day business so whether that's admin whether that's bookkeeping whether that's project management content ui designer all the different jobs i don't think there's a lot of emphasis in these other communities or in those initiatives that just says hey come join just come join us period you don't have to code you know because everybody it really takes a specific discipline to be a back-end developer who is in code doing that. It takes a really specific type of person to be a front end developer and want to, you know, see things and build things using code. Like it, everybody does not have those skills that everybody doesn't fit in those groups, but could have a place in technology or at a company. Um, and then maybe get exposed to some more of those things and, and, and go over time. And I think some of those perspectives can help the different technology communities. Um, but I think a lot of times, the initiatives are more focused on code, code, um, and versus giving these different ways that you can get into these modern technology companies without coding. Uh, and I think that's that's one place I see where if you go back to the pipeline and you start talking about that, I think that's one thing that hinders uh, the, work, the, the pipeline, as what some people call it, is that if a lot of people get just turned off of like coding uh, and just feel like I don't code, so I can't be in technology. Uh, Yeah, that's a really good point, basically, because uh, a lot of times when you reach that person that is maybe thinking about switching careers or is starting to uh, think what they're going to study or they're, I don't know, whatever the the spot that they find themselves, sometimes it's like, oh, if I want to jump into the tech industry, should I spend like whatever years on on a university, spend a lot of money on that and maybe it's not that much if you want to get into that into the tech industry either because you don't need to really become an uh, an engineer to do front end for example for to to design for example or for some specific things i mean there are different levels even for project manager there are a lot of things either boot camps or i don't know i guess it depends a lot on the on the the field but yeah sometimes starting at some point it's kind of related with the hiring junior position positions also and how do we get to that people this information about you have these options and also there's one thing i'll say positively about 
Lullabot, it's that it's a great pe- place for people to find their place once they do get in. Like we've 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 encouraged a lot of people who have been hired for one role but found interest in another role to to help them find um, their way into their new role. We've had you know coders who have gone into the sales team. We've had coders who are coming into content strategy. We've had coders who've become PMs. Um, we and you know I don't think we've ever had anybody come from one of those roles into coding. But it doesn't mean that that couldn't happen. And I could totally see a place where that could happen internally at Lullabot, and where over time we could make that mentorship happen, especially in somebody coming in a role that doesn't have the overhead of being billable um, because that that changes our calculus in a lot of ways. So I think, I don't know, I think that's a really interesting um, thing to look at and think about. Let's talk a little bit about, um, uh, about the pipeline. Albert, you and I are kind of working with Discover Drupal. Do you want to talk a little bit about what that is? Um, Discover Drupal is a 12-month scholarship and training program for underrepresented individuals, 18 or over. Uh, you get access to scholarship, support, skills training, um, Drupal career-focused tracks, whether that's site building, front-end development, back-end development. You get a chance to work with a mentor who can share their experience mm-hmm. and support you, and then you also get to attend DrupalCon. So uh, that's kind of the definition. And in short, I, I think it's just a program and initiative um, where we can help connect some dots uh, and kind of re- kind of address that uh, pipeline issue. So Albert, uh, you mentioned a pipeline and we've mentioned that several times. Can you talk like a little bit more about what the pipeline is and, and what problems that we do have with with the Drupal pipeline? Yeah, I typically hear pipeline when it comes to hiring it. Like I see pipeline as like a pool of of qualified people who are interested in a job. Maybe there isn't an opportunity for the job or we're not hiring today. But if we start hiring, do we have a pool of candidates that we can go to or that would apply um, that meet a certain need? So a group of qualified people who could get hired are qualified to get hired, but we may not necessarily have. It's like having people in the bullpen, right? It's like if you were playing baseball, it's having a bullpen. We can go there and get people if it's time to hire. Um, that's that's what I understand pipeline. I and I I've heard it a lot um, in in different meetings and conversations around diversity and there yeah. being a being a problem with the pipeline. Basically, saying there's not enough um, underrepresented people who are qualified so that we can hire underrepresented people uh, when it's time to hire. Uh, so that's what that's kind of what I got from Pipeline. Yeah, and, and part of Discover Drupal is it, it kind of provides a little bit of that pipeline mm-hmm. to underrepresented people so they can get in, they can train up on Drupal and uh, hopefully be placed in a junior Drupal role and at that point kind of just move up that career letter. Yeah, uh, we'll have a link to the uh, the Discover Drupal initiative in the show notes. But I think one of the things that's like cool to highlight is that like when we're thinking about, you know, uh, bringing in people who are juniors or bringing in people who have ex- expertise in another area, 
but are missing it in Drupal. I think the Discover Drupal initiative is one of the solutions to like help open up that to more people. Um, and there's a bunch of people involved. Uh, we know about Discover Drupal because Lullabot is a platinum sponsor of this initiative uh, that the Drupal Association uh, started, but also uh, Drupal Easy. Uh, it, evolving web, me, uh, Drupalize me, media current. Like yeah. these are some of the big movers and shakers in terms of mentoring and training. And I think like this is a cool thing because it's like systematizing what do you need to know about Drupal specifically where it's going to like you know, elevate your other skills that you bring to the table. Like you have all this experience or you have all this initiative to learn. You have all this curiosity. We're just going to give you this little bit that's like this Drupal part that's like, you know, and uh, like how are people supposed to know what they're supposed to learn about Drupal if they don't know Drupal? Like, <laughs> like how to know? Right? Like we hand wave and we're like, you know, go on Drupalize me and learn something. Like this is helping to put in place like a system of training to help people learn the things that you might need to know. Uh, and I'm really excited about this. And there's a lot of really good trainers and mentors uh, that are involved in this program. Kathy, is there anything you would like to add as we point toward wrapping this up? I think is that I want people to know is that if you're on the outside and you're looking at these sweet, sweet Drupal jobs and wishing that you could get them, that there are people, quote, on the inside who want you to get them. Like, like we just, we just, we're, we're just, I don't know, trying to figure out how to do that. And, and it's not easy and, and we're still thinking about it and, and we're trying to brainstorm and we really want to make it happen. Albert, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, final thoughts would be if you are looking for a Drupal job or you want to get into it, I think it's just about jumping in. Uh, don't be scared to go online, get some resources, knowledge up and apply and uh, just do your part too. And then from a job uh, and speaking to companies out there, uh, man, I still say maybe look at look into that site builder role, <laughs> like, um, or just a way to increase your pipeline uh, and to bring people in um, in a soft way uh, and like uh, you know invest in people. An unsuccessful application project is just success at practice for the next one, right? Success yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, do you have any final thoughts? I don't know. I think I think that. Um, I think that we find ourselves in a tough space because we have a product that requires, for better or worse, a lot of specialized knowledge, as we've determined in order to get hired. Um, and we as a company have typically only hired people that have that specialized knowledge, um, which and and a lot of our business model is designed around that. And, you know, I think. I think that puts us in a spot where a lot of us are very interested in figuring out how to hire 
juniors or how to mentor or how to put together an internship program or whatever that looks like in figuring out how to make the business work around it. And, you know, we have not always been the best at that because especially when you hire new people, the worst thing you can do is hire a new person who is, you know, a lot more junior than the others and throw them in and say sink or swim, because that's not, that's, that's yeah. what we typically do with the people that we hire right now. And that's not going to work for a new person. So I think that one of the reasons this came out is because there has been a lot of talk internally about with us, about how can we change things? How can we change the way that we work in order to make that possible? And it's something that we are continuing to work on. And I think that a lot of companies are continuing to work on and there's a lot of challenges there, but it doesn't mean we shouldn't still continue to think about and work on and try and find solutions to it. And I think there are a lot of different ways towards that. And we've talked about a lot of them today. And uh, it's just something we need to continue uh, focusing on. I think somebody would at Lullabot would probably argue with sink or swim is the way we do it now but it I, literally I says in our employee handbook i thought they changed that recently We're no it's the still handbook. there i literally read I'm it i'm on the committee uh, okay. i'm on the committee and uh we're we're uh, we are reflecting on that sink or swim mentality but it is totally accurate that that was the mentality in the past and we are reflecting on whether or not that should be our mentality going forward to a great deal because we find it not supportive of hiring people from other industries and junior developers and we want to we want to make a change to that christina do you have any final thoughts yeah, probably that's uh, what Kathy just said. It's super important um, hiring uh, junior roles and knowing how to do that and how to involve them. It's really something important for a company. And I think it's also super healthy for a company to get other uh, roles that are not just senior and on a different perspective. And also for people that really want to get hired on and want to start on this uh, um technology, let's say Drupal, um, I would say, let's try uh, just go and try it uh, for a junior role, because sometimes there's going to be a lot of companies that are willing to spend that time and that uh, resources and efforts on, on getting people uh, to know Drupal, and they are fine doing that. Very good. Hey, Mike, so uh, that's, that's it, huh? That's you're raising your hand. What do you say? Yeah, I have a final thought too. Okay, Mike. I uh, <laughs> thank you, Matt. I, uh, I one of the things that I really like about Discovery Drupal is that the uh, trainees are going to DrupalCon at the end. I I want I want to kind of throw out there that the importance of in person events is 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 great. Like they allow. Uh, like junior developers to learn and experience new things and meet people, meet potentially mentors and things like that and get involved in the community. And I think it's been a shame that like a lot of this stuff has been kind of, you know, with COVID, we haven't been able to do these things like we have in the past, but as soon as that opens up, you know, hopefully with uh, New England Drupal Camp, Florida Drupal Camp and, 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 Dr and DrupalCon, um, hopefully, hopefully things will get back to normal and we can get these junior developers into the community participating and learning new things in-person events here's to hoping mike 
Yeah. Any final thoughts from you, Matt Cleave? No. Thanks for joining us. It was a good good podcast. Let's do this again. Bye, Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye.